Good morning, everybody. Welcome. My name is Ben Kurtz. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I am joined by His. my girlfriend <laughs> of 25 years. Yeah. 26 years. Oh, yeah. I Who's counting? Every minute counts. My name is Katie Kearns, and I am Ben's wife. He might be in charge here, but that is not true in the house. That's true. And uh, we are in this great sermon series, Jesus uh, 167, all the places that we love God outside of Sunday morning. And uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, loving God, uh, walking with God, sorry, when we're at home with our families. And uh, I invited Katie for two different reasons. One is because whatever's going to come out of my mouth, I'm so tired of her chirping from the back, doing how I mess up and she's getting it wrong. So this way she gets to be here and defend herself uh, and defend our family. So that's one point. But the second thing, and Bruce knows this, that Katie's really the brains in the operation. Like the things that happen uh, in our life, the things that happen in our marriage, even the ways uh, that we come to know and love God, like Katie really is the brains. And so how fun that she gets to join and we do this together. Anything you want to say about that? Nope. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> one, one last order of business. If you are a fifth grader between kindergarten and fifth grade, how fun you get to be in big church. Your parents are so pumped for that. Yes. Yeah. What's up, Eli? So here's the deal. If you remember one thing during this sermon, you write on a piece of paper, you can go downstairs to Miss, K- uh, Miss Stacy, uh, you get your chance at your gumball for the day. So you can do that. And if you're older, you may not realize this, but there's extra donuts over here. The students who don't eat them, you can sneak over after service and grab some donuts. That's my trick on first... Uh, all, all quarterly, all ages gathering. Okay. Anything else I need to say about that? Nope. Get going. Okay, great. All right. So Katie, in a second, is going to take a look at this great passage in Deuteronomy chapter 11. And it's a really famous passage. Whenever you think about, we want to raise people to the next generation to know and love God, this is the passage. And uh, I think Katie has a really fun take about it. So if you would turn your Bibles, uh, there's a Bible in front of you where you can turn your phone to Deuteronomy chapter 11. And if you have a Bible in front of you, would you just yell out uh, that passage of scripture? I mean, sorry, yell at the page number. 187, 187, super near the beginning. How easy is that? So here we are in Deuteronomy 11, but what's so fun, and uh, and Shelly did a great job talking about this last week, that the the way it works is that our relationship with God, walking with God, walking with God and all the things, it begins and ends with us actually walking with God. It's about our own walk with Christ, our whole church, we're moving towards Christ. And even though Kay's about to drop some knowledge on this passage at the end, what's so fun is you look at the very beginning, it begins with this, love the Lord your God and keep his requirements. It goes on, keep his commands, blah, blah, blah. But it says this from verse two, remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord. This is the Old Testament version for, we would say his love and mercy and grace. But in the Old Testament, it said that his discipline, they felt the same way. But what I love is it says, remember today that your children were not the ones And what's so interesting is we forget that we think that our kids are the ones. We think the young people are the ones who've experienced that. And what we want to make sure that we communicate today is as people who know and love God, it begins with us. We can't assume that our kids are just going to figure it out. We can't assume our roommates or spouses are going to figure it out. It begins with us that we have to make sure that we know and love God. In verse 7, it says this, But it was with your own eyes. Um, that we saw all the great things that the Lord has done. It's with our own eyes. And we want to make sure that all throughout the journey, all throughout all these different places that we start and figure out how to grow in our walk with God and exhibit the love of God, that we want to make sure that we are still growing in our own love, that we're taking care of making sure that we see God at work in the world and God at work in our lives. And that is our starting point. All right, that's my preamble. That was a lot. I'm sorry, Fifth. You're fine. Okay. Okay. So... Little context, since the pastor didn't really give you any. There is, um, where we're reading this out of in Deuteronomy is this is where 
Moses is basically talking to the people about what God is, they're, they're, they've, they've wandered, they're coming upon the promised land, and he's trying to remind them about the very last things that he can give them before they, before they are released into the promised land. And so what is awesome about this passage is that he is, he's not reminding them what they've been through. He's reminding them what they've done. And I want to read this part to you, and it says, and we've got, a lot of you have heard this before, but it says, this is um, 11, 18 through 21, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when they sit at home and when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. And I think what is so cool about that promise is it's not so much that we would literally tie those scriptures to our foreheads and to our our bodies, but it's the whole idea that we leak our love for Jesus, Mm -hmm. that it actually oozes out of us, as Ben said, because we've started taking care of our own walk with God, that it actually leaks out of our love for Jesus. Downstairs, and the kids know this, all my, my K through five friends who are in here, we do a lot in our Sunday school class where there's our teachers a lot of times will be giving the lesson and then, and then in the curriculum it actually writes, it actually says make it personal. And the whole idea of asking our teachers to then share a story that might relate at a kid, at, at the level that's appropriate to the kids in the classroom about how they've experienced that particular thing in their life. And it is all about this is, that is the posting of the door. It is the, it is the way that we share. And I love how Moses, rare, I mean, he, God gives them the Ten Commandments. I'll, we'll give them that for sure. But mostly he is reminding them over and over and over of God's faithfulness, but not just his faithfulness. He retells the story. I don't if you've ever spent any time in the Old Testament, you kind of want to be like, we get it, okay? Like over, like you've finished telling the story and then you're retelling the story and then you're retelling the story. And it must be because we don't get it. And we have to keep telling our story. So whether it is the story of the scripture or it is your personal story, because no one can deny your encounter with Christ Himself whether it is your personal story, that is how we make it personal to our people in our home. Yeah, I love that. And what's so fun is that, we, you know, for, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, of the kind of New Testament version of this, that, that we are so connected to Christ that we become the fragrance of Christ, right? That it just oozes out of us. And so that's the first thing. We've got to make sure we are connected. And uh, this passage in Deuteronomy, I mean, what's so fun, I mean, when we first had kids, we're like, we are going to crush this raising kids thing. I mean, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna be cool. We're not gonna tie it on our foreheads, but we're gonna find like, like the cool way to do it. And so we had this like incredible dream of how we were gonna raise our kids. And uh, you know, I found this great picture. It's so funny. You just look at good Christian families online and it's like all these incredible pictures. I'm like, yes, that was almost us. And uh, I just, I thought we, we were gonna sit around the table and because Katie and I loved God so much, we were gonna sit in the table and our kids were gonna be like, mom, why do you love Jesus so much? And Katie be like, let me tell you. And dad, how did you get to be so wise? And will you pray for me? And be like, this is going to be so great. And it was like, awesome. Like, and so we, we had this. We kind of really did think this. We kind of did. <laughs> yeah, when they were like zero to six months. We yeah, t- we were doing we, it. We they totally were listening. Crushed. It was all in. <laughs> but what's funny is like, but even though it, was, it didn't go according to plan, I mean, we definitely took a crack at it. And I think there's something to... 
to trying it out, to trying family devotions, to trying um, praying together. What's so fun to be in part of a church that loves kids so much is that we get to have backup too. I mean, even as pastors, like, it's hard to figure out how to pass on your faith. And it's so fun to be part of a faith community where there's an incredible children's ministry, incredible student ministry that's helping this happen because what we want to happen, gosh, ends up getting smacked right in, into reality. And that reality is not always easy, right? And we've, ta- we've had a lot of different times where we've been meeting with our parents downstairs and talking about the real reality of what those family devotions look like. And a lot of you have shared and or even like within your own walls, whether it's your roommates or your spouses or whatever, but feeling like, I don't even know where to start because I wouldn't be able to answer all the questions. Or, and that's a stumbling block. Or feeling like, I didn't grow up in the church, so I don't even know the stories that we're referring to. Or, I mean, just that whole family of origin, or, or the baggage that I carry, or the things that I have done. What if they ask me about it, and what do I do with that when they ask, and I'm filled with shame or regret or a lack of knowledge? And so that can get into a huge stumbling block. And we saw that even being like, like working at a church, we felt that way. Then the busy schedules come in and all of a sudden, like you're just trying to hopefully bathe them, let alone like be able to spend some time in the word and being able to make that happen on a daily basis or however it works. And then also just like Ben said, our kid dynamics. Like I, I think my kids, I'm sorry, but they're the two of the best people on the planet. Sorry, you think yours are, but <laughs> but they don't want to sit at my feet and ask me questions. And but I do. <laughs> so we're, we're... The day he asks me a question and then listens to the answer. <laughs> That's another sermon. Anyway, I'm just kidding. We're good. Um, but I think what comes down to what Ben and I ultimately start, have started to c- talk about is that we may not be able to choose the direction that our family might go perfectly every single time, but we can try and set a spiritual temperature in our home. That's right. And, and what's so funny is it's not funny. What I think is so helpful is it's such a different posture of being like, I have to have an outcome for my kids or for my spouse or for my roommate or for anyone in our life. Like when you think you have to have an outcome, like it never goes well. But I love what Kay said, right? That if we're setting the spiritual temperature, like we, that's, we actually can control that. You can actually control yourself. You can control your spiritual temperature. And so you get to bring that. And, and so what we thought is instead of being like, hey, here's the best way to have a family devotional um, because we crushed, we did not do well with those. Or here's the best way to, you know, make sure your kids show up at church every Sunday. That's a hard, you know, that's not it. What we thought we'd do is we thought we'd give you four pro tips uh, about how to raise the spiritual temperature at home with your family. And so these are just four things that doesn't matter how great your kids are, how challenging your kids are, how young they are, how old they are, if you have a roommate, where your spouse is, um, all these pro tips work for you. So if you do these, then you are raising the spiritual temperature in your family. And when you want to love God, not just at church, but in the Tuesday at seven o'clock when you're at home with your family, if you do these things, you are changing the temperature in the room. You're actually creating an environment for the Holy Spirit to actually encounter your kids, your roommate, and your spouse. Oh, shoot. I got to do point one, right? Yep. Okay, sorry. So here's point one, which is everything that we've just said, which is this, to just keep walking with Jesus. It's that simple. We say it every week, all the, the way it begins, every time in and out, that, you know, John chapter 15, verse five, one through eight, right? That says, gosh, be connected to the vine. If anything you do, make sure you're connected to Jesus. 
That's where the energy is. All of your energy, don't try to be more loving. Don't try to do more discipline. Don't try to like please other people. Like if you just be, your energy goes to be connected with God. And as you move towards Christ, you're connected with God. We trust that the Holy Spirit's the one who's actually gonna do the work, who's gonna change us and transform us. So you're looking at your kids, you're like, what in the world are we gonna do with them? The very first thing is like, you can't do anything with them, A. And what you can control is to make sure that you are connected to Christ. And by you keeping walking with Christ and the Holy Spirit has space to do what he's gonna do in you. I think another way that you can do it is by um, creating daily, devo- or, sorry, daily practices, day- daily yearly rituals, things that you, um, that naturally and organically fit within your life and in your home. For example, as simple as praying before you have a meal. I know families that still, um, with older children, a couple times a week are able to do like a very short devotional, like where they just read together and that is it. I know families that celebrate special birthdays at 13 and 16 or 18, where they spiritually bless their kids with words of affirmation and, um, and prayers for their future. It is so important that making Sunday school, sorry, making church, making youth group, making Sunday school, making all the things, like if they're regular, instead of happening when, um, when things hit the fan later in life, if they start regular from the very beginning as a practice for your family, it'll be a lot easier for them in their own personal walk with Jesus. It doesn't mean those things are gonna become easy, but they will have developed their own walk with the Lord. I love that passage in Deuteronomy and so much of the Judaism and for sure the Christian rhythm is about having these rituals and rhythms because if you only do these things when you're passionate about it, when things are great for you, um, unfortunately that we don't live our entire lives as a 10, but if you go, man, every birthday we do this, every Sunday we do this, every Sunday night we do this, every certain things, then when you, you can add on all the things that feel ooey gooey, but to, to make sure those markers happen, all those things actually do build up um, over time. The, this third one is, uh, I'm saying this, but it's really, I think that Katie is the pro at it. And that is to simply, uh, to be fascinated with others. Um, it's so easy, especially in our home, especially um, what's funny is when God, um, not when God, when we kind of take on spiritual projects, like we see people and we want God to do something for them. And this happens a ton in our kids. We just stop listening. We are just pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think God's inviting us to be fascinated. There's a whole different posture that when you look at your children, when you look at your grandchildren, when you look at your spouse, you look at your roommate, you're like, what is happening with them? How do they work? How do they function? What do they think about things? Um, It is so interesting because all of a sudden you're not projecting all of your stuff on them, but you're actually experiencing the unique way God made them. And what's crazy is once you see the unique way that God made them, you actually can step in and have a, a real connection with them and help them know, uh, let, you, let them know that you love them. And what I think is so fun about Katie is, um, so my son Noah, who's, my kids are in here, this is so hard doing this in front of our kids, but Sorry. Noah may not realize this, but he's going to college soon, is that uh, he- Oh, he realizes. <laughs> yeah, no, he realizes, but the, he, the thing he's not good at is actually communicating, right? And, uh, and there's this brutal thing, right, between moms and sons where moms love their sons when they sit next to them, they cuddle when they're all little kids and they're teenagers and they're like, deuces, mom, right? And, uh, and Katie um, asks a ton of questions, good and bad, sometimes too many, right? And she's, cause she wants to know. And so she just comes in hot and goes, here's 50 questions. And, and after question three, like poor Noah's eyes like roll over and it's like, oh my goodness. And then her feelings are hurt. And then she's mad and she gets mad at me. And then I get mad at Noah, right? That's our family dynamic. Okay, that's just a little snapshot. But here's what's, so, here's what's so rad. Katie, because she's fascinated with Noah, she's like, 
I want to know him, but if I ask him questions, he's just going to shut me out. And so I'm like, you should just curl up in the bed and cuddle with him, right? <laughs> just kidding. That's not what she did. She took him on a college road trip, and she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I do not ask one question. He does not know this. And, and so for here. two days, Katie, who asked a billion questions, is like, I'm not going to ask one question. And we had this whole strategy she thought about. She wrote them down. And, and what was so fun is she's like, whoa, the picture that she got about Noah, understanding who he was and his world and the creative way to draw that out of him, like actually adjusted your relationship. And I feel like since then, you've had like this new understanding of the way that, you know, that you're working things out. And so I, I love this idea of being fascinated, but it, was, it's, it looks a bazillion different ways. And Katie, I just think you are a pro uh, when it comes to that. No, I just realized I talked too much. And that goes with our last, our last point, which is our pacing, our pacing with the people in our life. And it's so easy. And this is where that, that conversation that Ben just shared about um, came from. I am a fire hose, especially as a parent. I feel, I can feel the tension of the lack of time that we have, right? When they're little, it feels like it's going to be forever. I know those days. But when, as they get older, it feels like you're losing time. And so instead of just trying to be fascinated, I think I've come at it as a fire hose, just wanting to make sure I have all the things. And to my two kids who are in this room, I'm sorry. <laughs> not who I want to be. I'm interested in your life. I want to be interested. I want to understand why you believe what you believe. I want to not get mad when it's not what I believe. I want to have patience because the pacing of the thing is recognizing the best part about while we're walking here on this earth is the story is not done. And where you might be in this moment it's not the end of the story. And so as parents, we can pace ourselves with a two-year-old, with a five-year-old, with a 15-year-old. And then the pacing changes as we take care of, as we've noticed our own aging parents. And that pacing changes, and that mercy changes. And we only go as far with a little bit of the Holy Spirit's nudging for sure as that person can go instead of making sure they know everything that we know and they agree with everything we agree. Because God is their God and he is their Holy Spirit. And there is something, parents, and Ben and I, we did youth ministry for 19 years, and I can promise you there is something miraculous and mysterious about praying grandparents and parents and aunts and uncles who just faithfully pray all along the way for their kids. Amen. Jeez Louise, Foof. That, <laughs> I love. And, and so, the, you know, our, uh, our, just our, our real simple message as we're getting ready to wrap things up with all the kids in the room is that we just want to walk with others as we walk towards Christ. And that is that it's always a movement. It's, it's not stagnant. Just because you had an incredible encounter with God in Nicaragua when you were in high school or in college or at some point, that is not going to cut it. We have to always be walking towards Christ, always be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit. And when we do that, then we get to set the spiritual temperature in the room. We get to raise it. So we don't get said, we get to raise it, right? Because we're simply just bringing ourselves and our love for God. We're the fragrance of Christ. It's such a more gentle posture than just pushing and cramming. And so we want to love God and we want to be God's people, not just on Sunday morning, right? But on Tuesday evening, 
with our family, whoever we're sharing our house or life with, we want to be people, right, who, who are fascinated with, who we pace with, who we're interested in, and who we actually can move towards Christ along with them. So I just want to invite Katie, if she would just pray over us as we, as we wrap up our time Okay, together. I didn't ask your permission for this. Perfect. So if you are a kid in fifth grade and under, I want you to stand up on your chair. Fifth grade and under, stand up on your chair. Woo! Okay. I want you to take a look around, kiddos. These are my, you are my people. This is your church. They're going to do their best to lead you, but you will lead them. High schoolers, middle schoolers, stand up. Not on your chairs, sorry. (laughs) You guys lead us by what you did this morning. We want to be a part of that. We'll try to be less like a fire hose. The rest of the church, will you stand up? Will you hold your hands out? And let's just offer this, Father God, our home might have kids in it, our home might not. We might have roommates, we might live alone. But you, in this room, are the head of our family. This is our family. So God, draw us into relationship with you so deep that it leaks out of us. May we walk into conversations and desire to change the spiritual temperature, not because we have something to teach everybody, but because we want to connect to the hearts of the people that we love. Bless this church, God. Forgive us for the ways that we fall short. Thank you for your graciousness as we continue to strive to know and love you. And all of God's kids said, Amen. Amen.